the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. The word of the Lord from John, Gospel of John, chapter 13, beginning at verse 1, reads as follows. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should, be, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, and the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a tile and girded himself. And after that he poured water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him Lord are you washing my feet and Jesus answered and said to him what what I am doing you do not understand now but you will understand after this Peter said to him "Uh, you should never wash my feet Jesus answered him, if I do not wash, then you have no part with me. Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is uh, completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not all clean. Uh, So when he had washed their feet and taken his garment, he sat down again and he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord and you say, well, for I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you do know these things, blessed are you, and if you do them. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled, he who eats the bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now, I tell you, before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we bless you this morning. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the word of God. I'm praying even now that you would open it up to our understanding, and not only our understanding, but our application. We want to live for you. We want to serve you in the way that pleases you. But Father, we need to get and hear your word that will straighten us and righten us and prepare us to do just that. Father, there may be someone who's listening today who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior of their life. It is my prayer, God, through the preaching of this gospel that they might come to know you and to be saved by you, to surrender their lives unto you so they can stop trying to fix it themselves. God, I'm praying for that one who already knows you, but yet has drifted in fellowship from you, that you might draw that one, that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, that you might draw them back into a right relationship with you. I'm praying, every Father, that you would encourage the saints of God, that you would edify this body. But God, above and beyond everything that transpires, it's my prayer that you, God, would get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. For it is in your most wonderful name, I pray, as I surrender myself a vessel in your hand, accomplish your will, God, as only you can. It is in Jesus' name, I pray, with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen. This morning, this text that I've read in your hearing, I read a little beyond where I want to go, but uh, in John chapter 13, this text records the activities of the last Passover meal that Jesus is having with his disciples. These men, he's going to empower with his spirit to carry on the ministry that he has before them, to fulfill the great commission, to make Christ known to the world, to make disciples of all nations, teaching them whatsoever things that he's taught them, that they might observe those things also that they might know him and be able and willing to surrender to him. And so he's going to empower them. He's, go- he's getting ready to leave. He knows his time is coming to an end, and he's going to leave them behind, empowered to do the work of the Lord. And Jesus, who is always the teacher, takes this opportunity at this final Passover meal to teach his disciples a great lesson on serving by washing his disciples' feet. I remember a number of years ago, this was actually before we came to the Legacy Center, I was preaching out of this text, and we were at One Kettering Drive, and unknown to my ministers and deacons, I was preaching this text, and I called them forward and had them sit across the church, and I said, now, take your shoes off. I'm going to wash your feet. And I began to wash the feet of my ministers and my deacons. And some of them were in a state of panic because they didn't have a chance to get pedicures and stuff. (laughs) And some of them were in awe that the senior pastor would wash my feet in front of the whole congregation. But it's a humbling experience, not only for the one whose feet is being washed, but also for the foot washer. But it is a critical um, lesson that I think every servant 
needs to learn. As I look at this text on this morning, I want to talk to you from the subject matter, having a servant's heart. A servant's heart is not something you're born with. A servant heart, I think, is something that has some requirements and some things that we need to to do in order to have a servant's heart. I think, first of all, as I look at this text, and in these first five verses that I've read in your hearing, I think it speaks to us from the idea that a servant's heart requires being knowledgeable and comfortable with your space and your place. Verse one says, as we look through this, here's Jesus. He's, he's, he's getting ready to leave. He knows what's getting ready to happen. He's having this last Passover meal and um he knows his hour has come, verse 1 says, and, and, and listen to what he says. And that he was going to depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, who he loved to the end. Having a servant's heart and, and being, first of all, knowledgeable and comfortable with your own space and place, it's going to require you to be able to love people. You can't have a servant's heart if you don't love people. Can, can we just understand that? We all right with that one? You don't love people, you don't have a servant's heart. People get on your nerves. Servant heart ain't in you. It, is not, it ain't there yet. You're going to work on it, but you have to love people. And as we see in Jesus here, as he uh, lays out for us this example, he loved his people and he loved them to the end. Listen, people who are comfortable with their space and their place have the ability to love other people. Oftentimes you'll find that people who can't love others are not comfortable with where they are themselves. But I also need to warn you about this because even though you can be comfortable in your space and your place and you can love people, it doesn't prevent people from betraying you. Y'all still here? It's right here in the text because as we move through the text, it says even though Jesus loved them and he loved all of them all the way to the end, look at verse 2. It says, supper being now ended, the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. And Simon was, Judas was one of the ones, one of the twelve whom he loved, whom he had given all his love and his care to. But I I just want to warn you as we go about this whole idea of serving people and having a servant's heart, some of the people you serve will betray you. Some of the people you love will betray you. I just want to be honest about that. Um, Everybody in your Lord, in your love circle is not going is not going to receive your love and, and give it back to you the same. But once we we grow into this, we begin to learn that the fact that I love people and the fact that I I serve people doesn't mean that some of these same people won't betray me. They won't stab me in the back, that they won't talk negative about me, that they might not post stuff up online about you. It doesn't mean that they won't do that. So prepare yourself for that and watch this. And in doing so, it helps you to be comfortable with where you are. I'm trying to help us. I'm really trying to help us. To understand and and prepare ourselves that having a servant heart doesn't mean that everybody's going to receive you well. 
And Jesus is a perfect example of that. Even though he has served and he has loved with these disciples, here's one who already is going, has already been prepared to betray him. And he's going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver. And so being knowledgeable and comfortable with where you are allows you, listen, listen, being comfortable and knowledgeable of who you are and, and being comfortable in your own space and place allows you to love people even when they betray you. Because guess what? I'm good with that. I'm good. You're, you're comfortable. You know who you are. You know where you are. And so their actions don't change who you are. And, and so Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things, verse 3 picks up. It says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, was comfortable in his space and his place. Jesus had a good perspective of who he was and whose he was and where he was and where he was going. I wish I could just pour this right into each and every one of us because it'll help you in life to know who you are. It'll help you in life to know, first of all, where you came from and where you're going. If, If we're ever going to have a servant's heart, we have to know who we belong to. In Jesus's case, it says, knowing that the father had given him all things and, and everything had been given into his hands. Listen, when you can serve better when you know that the resources you have are coming from an unlimited source. Uh, I can have a giving heart and serve people with a giving heart when I know that there's no end to my resources. Because my resources are coming from God the Father who has everything and has, he has the ability to provide everything. I can give my time when I know that my time is coming from the one who's standing outside of time who can multiply my time and give me more time. Lord, have mercy. And so if I realize who's, who's the one that's supplying my need, it helps me. It helps me with my place. It helps me in my space to know that I can serve other people without losing out what I have. You know, one of the restrictions to a whole lot of folk for serving other folk is because they think they're going to lose something that they have themselves. But if I realize that the source of my supply is coming way beyond me from a God who has unlimited resources, then I can keep on serving with what I have. Are y'all still here? The Father has, he's, has given him all things. And so he's never going to run out of things. And so for you and I, Ephesians chapter 1 lets us know we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We have all things. And our Father who sits in heaven is looking down on us and he provides for us all of our needs. Lord Jesus, not according to the world's economy, not according to the interest rates of the country. No, he provides for us and he provides all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Lord, help me, God. And when, and even if the riches and glory ever ran out, our God is so powerful, he's so creative that he can make new stuff just by speaking it into existence. And so there's no end. There's no end to what he has and no end to what he can provide. And so we need to understand our space. We need to understand who we are, whose we are. And, and in Jesus' case, he knew, he understood his, his place and his space and, and what was being provided for him. He knew that, listen, where he came from. The text says he came from God. If I, if I can cross the, the sophisticated line. 
and talk to us and say to us, we can serve better if we remember where we came from. I know that we are very dignified now. We're very high class now. We got nannies and, and housekeepers, people coming in, cleaning our houses for us, washing our cars for us, cutting our grass for us. That's where you are now. You got bedrooms that nobody sleep in, living rooms nobody lives in, basements nobody goes in. Now. But Lord, if we could just remember where we came from. Amen, somebody. We could serve better if we remember where we came from. Because there was a time that we weren't so sophisticated. There was a time that you weren't so educated. There was a time that you weren't so lofty. There was a time that if something was needed, you worked together with others because everybody was in the same need. But now you become garage dwellers where you push the button, roll in, the garage, close the door, don't know nobody in the neighborhood. That's where we are now. But if we could just remember where we came from. When getting some bread from next door, some butter from down the street, or we, y'all, y'all know what I'm saying? When we work together as a community to watch people's kids, amen, and correct folk. Y'all probably remember that. When you got a whooping from the neighbor, amen, down the street, you got one from auntie before you got there, and when you got home, you got a third one, amen. If we could just remember where we came from, we could serve better. Jesus knew his space and his place. He knew where he came from. Watch this. But he also knew where he was going. He came from God and he was going back to God. A servant heart requires you to know where you came from and where you're going. Because a servant's heart, watch this, a servant's heart will allow you, Lord Jesus, a servant's heart will allow you not to gather stuff down here and spend all your time and all your energy doing stuff down here as if you're going to stay here. You ain't staying here. You're going home to glory. If you remember where you're going to, then you might have a better attitude to serve where you are. Well, Pastor, I can't serve. I can't do that. I, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got I to make this money. I got to make this hustle. I got to do this. Now, you, you hustling for what? Y'all probably heard me say this a thousand times. All, and the scripture says the same thing. Read through Ecclesiastes. It's all in vain. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. You gather all this stuff and package it all up and put it all up and you don't know who's going to end up with it. Because you're going to die and leave it behind. And somebody else is going to have all that you work 40 years to accomplish. Amen, Jesus. And your children don't want your stuff. Amen. They don't want it. They don't. They didn't, that ain't even their style. That's not their style. That's us old. That's old. I don't want that. I don't want that wood stuff. I want some veneer. I want something that's plastic and painted. No, I don't want that. They're going to want something different. So what you spend $5,000 on and you didn't work two years to pay for, they don't want that. And then you die, you didn't put all this money aside, you ain't served the Lord none of the time because you was too busy trying to gather up stuff down here. You die and they go through your stuff like a hot knife through butter. 
Hey, man, I'm not lying. I've seen it a hundred times if I ain't seen it once. As a matter of fact, statistically speaking, statistics say that the average inheritance of anybody, regardless of the size, is gone in 90 days. You got to know your space and your place. You got to know where you came from and where you're going. And if I'm not staying here, ain't no need me holding on all this stuff down here. Ain't no need me gathering all this stuff down here. I'm going up yonder. So I need to be putting some, I need to put in some investments in what lasts, what's eternal. And only what I do for Christ will last. Y'all still here with me? Having a servant's heart requires being knowledgeable and comfortable with knowing with your current space and place. But, but secondly, it requires serving with humility. Verse 13, verse 5, I think it was. When, what Jesus does here, he knows where he came from, knows where he's going. Watch what he does, verse 5. He poured out water. Is that way from verse 4? He rose from supper and, and laid aside his garments, took a towel, girded himself. After he had poured the water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples feet and and he wiped them with a towel with which he had girded himself. After dinner, he rises up to serve. See, a servant's heart requires being knowledgeable and comfortable with your space and place, even when it costs sacrifice. Because for everyone else, it would have been easy, and they probably were, kicked back by now, relaxing. But Jesus doesn't relax at this moment. He gets up at the moment. Watch this. And what he's going to do next, he's going to teach them about humility, serving in humility. He said to them, do you know what I have done to you? And nobody answers. And he says to them, I have given you an example. Do you know what I've done to you? You, you, you call me teacher and Lord and, and you say, well, I am. That's who I am. And if I then, being your teacher and your Lord, have washed your feet, then you also ought to do the same for each other. Um, for I have given you, verse 15, an example that you should do as I have done to you. Now, this is not so, so much specifically literally washing feet, even though some are, apply it that way. What, what he's literally trying to say to them is that in the same way, if I being God and being your master and teacher can humble myself and wash your feet, then you also ought to be able to humble yourself and Wash each other's feet. If I, being master and Lord, am, am able to humble myself to serve you after dinner and after nobody else did what should have been done, then you also ought to be able to serve each other. I've given you an example. I've given you an example of humble servanthood. I've modeled for you how you should serve each other when you don't feel like it. Because who feels like washing anybody's feet after you just ate some lamb chops and you just had the Passover meal and you laying back, you getting ready to tell stories now or you getting ready to snore or something, drink some coffee or something. He serves them at a time, to me it's, it's interesting the timing of all this for a couple of reasons. One, 
because it's after the meal that he washes their feet. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. To hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.